Good evening, everyone. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and I'll be hosting a special live broadcast tonight on News Talk 760 WJR. We're going to be talking about the prevention of disease and the urgency of taking action before the onset of serious medical problems. We're here broadcasting live from the Cronin Studios in Miami, Florida. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, is here tonight to tell you what you need to know about how to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether and what you need to do to prevent Alzheimer's and many of the other chronic diseases. We're opening up the lines and taking your calls, so please make a note of this number, 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. We'll be repeating it throughout the show, and this is your chance to talk directly to the doctor. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Again, I'd like to welcome all of you to a special medical radio show here on News Talk 760 WJR. We're broadcasting live from the Cronin Studios in Miami, Florida. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin and we're here tonight to talk to you about prevention and why you have to start looking at healthcare from a different perspective. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, is joining us from Birmingham, Michigan to give us some hard talk about dealing with your health and making sure we get the necessary testing. We're inviting you to call in if you have a question. Talk to the doctor directly at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Well, Dr. Collender, you're back again in beautiful Miami, Florida, recording live. And tell us what is going on with both states. Let's compare Michigan to Florida and the vaccine. What's going on? Well, that's not fair. Yes, it is. Very fair. It's <laughs> not very nice to the people of Michigan because, you know, out here there's no COVID. Um, well. I'm saying facetiously, of course, because people are pretty much walking around with or without a mask. Um, I mean, everyone is being, for the most part, um, I'll say, you know, they're being courteous. They're, and I, you know, they walk into a place with a mask. They take it off when they get there. But the restaurants are all fully packed. There's no 50%, 20%. There's no voluntary cutting back on not taking, you know, of shutting down your restaurant or your business. Things are here just as is for the most part. And you just have to wonder what is the difference between what happened here in Florida and what's going on in Michigan. Okay, so one year later when Michigan has been cold and closed down and here in Florida, as of yesterday, we couldn't get a reservation in any restaurants because they were booked up all night long. They're open till two, three, four in the morning and they're packed, as you said. So what is the difference here? Florida's not got any more cases. As a matter of fact, I think Michigan's got more cases. Well, the difference is that if obviously Florida never shut down. And so you have to look at Michigan and say, Everything that they did led to this outcome, which is a failure in their COVID uh, protection plan. When we were talking about, not to interrupt you, but before we got on the air about just the general level of health, you know, Michigan compared to Florida here, obviously people are active. They're outside all the time. It's a very health conscious. You look outside, most people are in good shape, presumably healthy, right? You know, so just less predisposed to suffering from COVID in the first place, right? And there's research studies that keep coming out that put some type of healthy lifestyle as a marker of COVID protection. And so a study came out recently that said people that exercise more don't get as much COVID. People that sleep more don't get as much COVID. People that are eating healthier don't. The main one was this exercise study. 
and this is, and if you're a regular listener to the show, you know, no kidding. And we've been talking all along that anything that may reduce your inflammation in your body, anything that may improve your overall health is probably going to protect you against COVID. And so things like regular exercise, eating healthy, when I mean eating healthy, being, you know, eating clean, avoiding sugar, avoiding processed foods, getting a lot of sleep, managing stress, all of those things are foundational pieces of our health program. People seem to just do that more in Florida and they're not happening in Michigan. Well, I mean, obviously what I call the Michigan experiment didn't work. So when we went back to let's take another pause, they're not being called pauses. And the governor was asking restaurants to voluntarily either shut down or not do inside seating. One year has shown us that this does not work. It doesn't prevent COVID because look what's going on with the numbers in Michigan. Well, it's because being cooped up, not exercising is not helpful. That's probably so a good point. Lifestyle is important. It's hugely important for prevention. There's only so much I can do. You know, one of the things I tell my patients is you cannot over-medicate or out-medicate lifestyle. So, you know, we live in a you-fix-it world. I have a problem. Here's a drug. This drug will fix it. Well, I hate to say it. That doesn't work because eventually the disease process outtakes your uh, overtakes your condition and you need more drugs or your organ fails. You need to take an active role in your health. And of course, it helps to understand what it is you're fighting and to see your specific numbers and your profile so you know as an individual what you need to do. But in the general terms, when you're not practicing a healthy lifestyle, and for Michiganders, how can you, when you're stuck in your house, afraid to leave, you can't go to the gym, and let alone you can't go see your doctor to find out how your health is. Yeah, it's a catch-22. What do you do? And talking about gyms, by the way, that's another interesting point. Here where the weather is warm, people are out, they're walking, they're running, they're biking. The only, we, the only thing that we have in Michigan where it's freezing cold and snowed the other day is to be able to go to a gym and guess what? They shut all the gyms down. So how was that smart? Well, no one was stopping people from going out in the cold. But who is going to go walk out in the ice and the snow and the freezing rain and, you know, get a, a two-mile walk in every day in that type of condition? I mean, you just don't do it. Only the real, real diehards are doing that. Uh, but still, you have to take that into account in Michigan say, let's keep the gyms open. You know, let's though, give everyone an hour. Yeah, They didn't. And, you know, so lifestyle was severely blunted in Michigan. And let alone the stress. The fear, you know, so unable to go out and manage your stress because all you heard on the on the news was you're going to die. And, you know, that's just that just not really. So we weren't able to exercise. We weren't able to manage our stress. And then next uh, segment, we'll talk about why we weren't able to manage our health care, which significantly impacts how we respond to COVID. All right, let's come back and talk about that on the other side of the break. Again, you're listening to a special live broadcast from the Cronin Studios in Miami, Florida. We're here with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, talking about prevention. If you have a specific question and would like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to prevent catastrophic disease, please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. 
You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. If you're just now joining us, I'd like to let you know we're welcoming you to our special medical radio show on News Talk 760 WJR. We're broadcasting live from the Cronin Studios in Miami, Florida. We're back again with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention in Birmingham, Michigan. After 20 years in practice and watching parents, I'm sorry, patients die prematurely, he's here tonight to give us some hard advice on what we need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether. We're inviting listeners to call in with your questions at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Siobhan, we'll go directly to you because you have a caller. Yeah, so we have Joe on the line from Ann Arbor. Joe, what's your question? Uh, hi. Um, yeah, I was just wondering, it would be an interesting perspective to compare, uh, if you have the stats, uh, in inoculation rates of Florida's residents compared to Michigan's. Well, that would be interesting. I think Anne-Marie has a personal anecdote on what's going on with her attempt to get vaccinated in Michigan. Yeah, I mean, I, I just felt as though it was just kind of a runaround upon a runaround upon a runaround because they were doing them at Ford Field. My other daughter got vaccinated. I signed up with her. I didn't get an answer. Then I signed up again, didn't get an answer again. And two weeks and three weeks went by. And then finally I got an answer telling me to go to Grand Rapids. Yeah. And then I called some other local numbers, 1-800 numbers. And you can go to Meyer, you can go to Rite Aid, you can go to Kroger. But guess what? When you signed up, They said, out of stock, out of stock, out of stock. And then, you know, when you do get a call to go to, now you can go, I got one uh, note to go to Ford Field, but all the days were filled up. So, I mean, how how do you go about getting this vaccine that that they say everybody's getting? And I, I really feel as though they must be running out of vaccines or Pfizer and Moderna. I don't know. Maybe it's just paranoid, but this is not working. Well, we've been critical of the Michigan vaccine rollout from the start uh, because they went through the effort of creating these different phases to determine who should go first. And then right away, within 10 days of phase one starting, they went right into phase two. They could not have possibly vaccinated everybody in phase one. And that created a free for all. You know, so phase one was supposed to be hospital workers who were direct in, in direct contact with COVID patients and nursing home patients the people who are at the highest risk of dying from COVID. And within, you could not have vaccinated them in 10 days. 10 days, they opened up to anybody over 65 who had a chronic illness. And I remember that created a massive amount of stress because everyone tried to get on the phone to the hospital to get the vaccine. And of course, the hospital phone lines crashed because they weren't designed to handle you know, a million phone calls and a, and they weren't equipped to do a million vaccines. There may not have even been a million vaccines at that time, but they opened it up to a population that was millions of people. Mm-hmm. No, but the time my other daughter went down, I took her down to Ford Field and it was like a free for all there. There were five-year-olds and two-year-olds and eight-year-olds and Everybody was skipping and dancing in of all ages, shapes, and sizes. They were just going in by the hundreds. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about the statistics, but my personal experience going back and forth from Florida to Michigan, yeah, I mean, I almost everyone that I talked to, no one had a problem getting vaccinated. There was, you know, obviously sometimes you had to sign on early. And, Here, you, know, you mean yeah, in, in Miami? Florida, and, yeah, in Miami, just South Florida in general. But from what I remember, I think they did kind of wait to go through the phases more in a, an organized manner. So by the time it opened up for my age category, you know, being 
in my 30s, it was it was readily available. You didn't have to struggle for an appointment. Well, I want to say as a prevention doctor, there is never one single data point to point to and say, this is it. Um, it's really a whole systemic problem that you have to identify. It's never one thing. Um, and that's really uh, also how our healthcare system works. Let me find one thing to target this one condition, and this will be the answer. It just isn't working that way. We need to identify a problem and apply a, I'm going to use the word holistic, but it's a whole system approach. And again, it's it's not just, you know, what's the vaccination rate in Florida? It's what is everybody doing from lifestyle? And we just talked about, okay, people in Florida are exercising, they're getting outside, they're getting fresh air. They're not as stressed because they're able to enjoy the out of doors in Michigan. We're stuck indoors. And then they create really what is a superficial vaccination stressor. You know, yeah. so, I mean, there did not need to be this this concept that vaccines were available, but they're really not. And then, again, the rollout was a total fail. So now you have a, a an increase, you know, a, a surge in cases. And you could say it's because Michiganders are under additional stress because they think a vaccine is available and it really isn't. So now you've got, I can't work out. I can't see my family. I can't manage my stress. I don't want, the state's going to give me more stress. So there's, there's a lot of factors here to take into account. And you can't just point to one item and say, well, this is the problem. It's, it's the whole presentation that's felt that's flawed and plus with having johnson pulled off that that might have affected certain states perhaps michigan more adversely because you know i'm not sure exactly how it works but it must depend state by state what sort of vaccine you're most likely to get based on what they've signed up for or purchased i think good point because again no one from the state's talking to us and we don't have any inside information because we're uh, outsiders here on the show but you know i read somewhere again i can't quote it that the state of Michigan bought a tremendous amount of Johnson vaccines. And now and again, they're stuck with them. Right. Well, if you're a regular listener, you know that we're not in favor of the DNA vaccines um, based only on the concept that they require your body to take an extra step to generate antibodies than the RNA vaccines. So, again, everyone should go out and get a vaccine. They really should. You have a virus out there that generates inflammation inflammation drives chronic disease. We want to prevent you from getting this inflammation to your system because it may cause long-term complications of COVID. So we're encouraging vaccines. But here's the thing, though. I think the day before I left to fly down to Miami, I heard uh, on the news that there seems to be statistics saying there's a drop-off in people going to get the vaccine. And my immediate answer to that was, not if they go through jump, jumping through hula hoops to, to try to get signed up. Well, we don't know whether it's um, because the vaccines are not available and the systems are crashing, or maybe it's because people are worried about vaccines because if the Johnson and the AstraZeneca don't look so hot, well, then maybe it raises questions about the other vaccines uh, in their mind, not in mine. Siobhan, you have a call? Yeah, so let's jump to the caller. We have Douglas from Lansing on the line. Douglas, what's your question? Well, a couple of comments, um, and then I'll get to the question. Um, I agree that the rollout by the administration in this state has been um, quite bad for a lot of people, especially uh, 
um, businesses, uh, which leads me to believe that a lot of this has been planned, you know, for how many years. Uh, I think in the end it's just designed to, to favor the large businesses and put a lot of small businesses out of business, restaurants. Douglas, you're going to have to go to your question because we're out of time. Sorry, we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're running down to one minute, so if you could get your question in sure. before the break. Okay. Uh, my question is, why does anyone think the vaccine is going to solve anything here? Because I know a lot of people have got the vaccine already, and they're sicker now than what they were before, and they still get COVID out of it. And if anything, they get sick when they get the vaccine, and they're getting, they're actually giving the cough or whatever to someone else. So I don't, what's this vaccine solving? What's it preventing? Well, good question, because people do have concerns about what you're asking. Uh, The vaccine generates an immune response without you getting the disease. And we're concerned that the disease would cause an ongoing life health uh, health issue that you won't get from the vaccine. So, um, yes, vaccines generate some short-term symptoms because they're triggering an immune response that you've never had. Um, I got the vaccine. I was sick for a few days afterward. Uh, but it's probably safer to get the vaccine than to get COVID because you have a higher, much higher percentage chance of having a long-term COVID problem uh, to your health than you would having a vaccine problem. And again, with the right vaccines. Absolutely. Well, in the meantime, we're going to have to take a quick break. Again, you're listening to a special live broadcast from the Cronin Studios in Miami, Florida. If you have a specific question and would like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke, or if you have a question on any of the subjects we're discussing tonight, please give us a call directly at 800-859-0957. That's 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to our special live broadcast on News Talk 760 WJR. We're coming to you live from the Cronin Studios in Miami, Florida. We're fortunate to have Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention here tonight to give us some straight talk about two important topics, prevention and being proactive. We're inviting you to call in with your questions at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, you're always flogging, getting vaccinated, getting vaccinated. And not that I want to keep pounding on this, but You know, one of my colleagues from WJR just sent us a text message saying that there were free walk-in clinics today and nobody was showing up. How do they find out about these clinics? I mean, it's like, it's you know, we're getting double messages here. I don't think it's that people don't want to be vaccinated. I think that it's very hard to figure out how to engineer getting vaccinated when so many places advertise and then say they're out of stock. Well, I think what was being texted to you was that people are confused and they're fearful of getting a vaccine. Um, And you had personal trouble getting a vaccine. And so there's some of that too. It just being, isn't being advertised uh, of, you know, like a school closure every day. What site has X number of vaccines and what kind of vaccine is available at each site should be on the news every day. Exactly. And it should be coordinated through the state. You know, this is another evidence of, you know, failure of our state government to uh, get us vaccinated and taking care of us. Um, But in terms of the fear of getting a vaccine, 
you know, this is because there's a tremendous amount of distrust on the media um, to the people of what is truthful and what isn't. And so if you're worried about, you know, the messaging, uh, what you're hearing may not be accurate. It might be distilled um, through some kind of lens. Um, again, from my perspective, healthcare is bipartisan. We're all humans. We all have the same physiology. Granted, some of us need specific issues that others don't. Those all need attention. But health is not a partisan issue. So the, because there is some partisanship involved in whether or not you're going to get a vaccine, it's very unfortunate. And it means that our current government has not reached out to the to the other side to make them feel comfortable that the vaccine is, well, I'm going to say the RNA vaccines, in my opinion, are safer. Um, I mean, you could even go and say, hey, these vaccines are warp speed products, and we should go and get them because they are warp speed products. Um, and we should also look at it and say, just because it got through this level of FDA approval doesn't mean it's an okay vaccine. Again, I'm speaking about the DNA vaccines, which are the Johnson, the AstraZeneca. You know, hundreds of, you know, a hundred or so vaccines went through the initial uh, uh, research, and we're still only talking about four available vaccines, and maybe two of those four are not right. Mm -hmm. So, um, the FDA is using this emergency use application to get testing and vaccines out to us quicker. And we're learning that maybe one or two of those were not the right things to do. All right. Well, I hate to say that it was like, oh, well, we made a mistake, but they had to get it out there. Now we're learning they may not be the right thing. Um, I still think the RNA vaccines are uh, seem to be okay based on what we know so far. I'm still a fan of vaccines again, because in our physiology, inflammation generates chronic disease. Vaccines limit your body's exposure to a viral source of inflammation. That's why I recommend getting the flu shot, your pneumonia vaccines, the shingles vaccines. I'll stop. Well, I mean, it's just it shouldn't be so difficult to have to get the vaccine and to find out where it's available. On but a on daily top basis. of that, though, there is a lot of distrust. And like last week, I wanted to mention we were inundated with so many calls that people actually couldn't get through to the radio station because we were talking about exactly this, you know, issues that might exist with the DNA vaccines, not knowing what we're being told, what's really going on. And so many people called in and related to this, like, what, what should I do? Yeah, literally blew up the lines. And we encourage people to call in because... These are the discussions we want to have is, you know, where are we supposed to rely on the information that we need in order to get what we need to get to stay healthy? Well, the distrust is um, very serious right now, and it's because people want to go on social media and have some kind of a conversation about the pros and cons of this or that, just like the conversation we're having right now. And all of a sudden that conversation's gone, you know, it's taken off the media. And so when People who have questions and still may be skeptical learn that a point of view that they may have a, an interest in is literally wiped off the map like it never existed. Um, it does. They may feel like they're being marginalized, ironically, and or not ironically. And, and so it raises the distrust, not helps. 
And it's really up to whoever's running this place, you know, whoever the whoever is running this place to if they want if they want herd immunity, which means, you know, at least 80 percent of us need to be vaccinated. Well, then you either have to open the economies fully to let everyone get covid or make everyone feel comfortable about getting the vaccines, which means release the studies to the public. So we can see the data for ourselves and not have to rely on figureheads who are probably have their hands in the pockets of the companies that are selling the vaccines. And so when you know that the government is involved in the business of healthcare, it's very hard to trust the people talking to us who are involved in that business. And we all need to be made much more comfortable that what we're hearing is the right thing to do. And I deal with this in my practice in terms of prescribing medications. People don't want meds. They want to be, it's just, there needs to be education and not um, hiding. You know, we don't, we want these conversations to be out in the open. So again, I'm not, healthcare is bipartisan. We're not here to take us, our, our stand is truth. Our stand is we want to know what's happening. We want the data. Transparency. We want you to know what's available. Um, We want you to know that there's options. And that's what we're here to educate you about. Well, I still think that I have to say going back and forward between Miami and Detroit all the time, that Detroit is kind of in a mess. I mean, everything's closed. It's continuing to be closed. They still have much higher numbers in Michigan than anywhere else. And that is not working. And on top of that, I do believe that it's extremely difficult to sign up to get a to get a vaccine and that staying shut in is not doing anybody any good. Agree with you 100 percent on all that. So what are they supposed to do? I mean, well, I mean, the, the people should be able to go outside, see other people, you know, have have relationships, um, reduce their stress. Um, and have a way, you know, they need ways to reduce it. Exercise is the greatest way to reduce stress. So now that the weather's getting warmer, I'll suppose tomorrow's our day to get warmer. Everyone should be outside walking, eating healthy foods, visiting with people they haven't seen, and that should all be okay. And of course, they've got to vaccinate people so they feel comfortable going out to see people. I mean, after having COVID and getting vaccinated, I don't worry about these other strains. You know, the strain, these uh, UK variant that's out there right now apparently is an issue for people who've not been exposed in any way. How do they even know about the UK variant? They're not doing DNA samples of people that get, you know, they're looking at the structure of the vaccine, every single person that comes down with COVID. Allegedly. Allegedly. No, that's an impossible (laughs) task. We're not going to blow it right. Well, the UK variant is allegedly responsible for the rise in Michigan cases. Right, and that anybody with any common sense knows that's that's ridiculous. But, well, these um, strains are out there, and I've got patients asking me, hey, I've been vaccinated, should I still be worried about the these variants? And I tell them, no, go out, and you've been vaccinated. The studies are saying that if you've been vaccinated, you're not going to get a serious case of COVID, and you're not going to spread it in any significant way. We, we can talk about math. Everybody needs to listen to the Sunday show. We pre-recorded that and we cover a lot of this Sunday at 3 o'clock. Tune in. In the meantime, we're going to have to take a quick break. 
You are listening to a special live broadcast from the studios of Startup Nation. Oh, I'm sorry. We're in Miami, Florida today. If you have, I don't even know where I am from one week to the next. If you have a specific question, the subjects discussed tonight, and you would like to hear from the doctor directly, please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the final segment of our special live broadcast here on News Talk 760 WJR on the importance of being proactive and informed of the resources available to prevent and treat the chronic and debilitating diseases we've come to accept as inevitable. We're broadcasting live from the Cronin Studios in Miami, Florida. You're listening to the expert advice of Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention. If you have a question for the doctor, now is your chance to call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Siobhan, I understand you've got some callers online. Yeah, so we've got a couple on the line right now. Let's start first with Steve in Ann Arbor. Steve, what's your question? Do we have Steve on the line? Okay, maybe we'll have to go to the next person. Uh, Sandra in Toledo, do we have Sandra on the line? You do. Okay, Thank what's you. your question? Okay, I've been listening to you, and we're having the same trouble here in Toledo. Um, nobody's showing up anymore because, one, when they get vaccinated, um, after they get vaccinated, they're given a paper showing, and this is in other states. Uh, we are no, um, we're not responsible, nor the people that's made the injection responsible if you get very sick, sick and you die. And I'm thinking, well, why didn't they give us that before, you know, they had the injections? That was one of our questions. We call and we go into all these things we can go into to find out what's in those injections. And all these highfalutin words come up, but they still don't tell us what they mean and what basically is in the injections. What can we do? Where can we find the truth? Well, great question. And I... I, I'm going to be honest and say I'm not sure I'm going to be able to answer your question to the degree that's going to satisfy you, but I also want to say that um, no matter what you believe in our government, it's clearly everybody's screwing up in every which way. If you think that they're smart enough to make some coordinated effort to put something in your vaccine that's going to identify who you are and follow you, you're giving them way too much credit. <laughs> You know, if they can't figure out how to roll out a vaccine or how to do anything at all, then they certainly can't figure out how to put some marker in there or do something crazy to do to harm you in the vaccine. They're just not that smart. They can barely make the vaccine. So don't give them that, right, don't give them that much credit, right? They can't get it to you. They don't know how to get it to you. Believe me, if they were do, able to do all that stuff, every American would have one in their arms and they can't get anything right. So that's my argument for why there's no government conspiracy to screw us over because they're, they're not just smart not smart enough. <laughs> well said. All right, so, well said. All right. Just get, don't get a Johnson in Toledo. Don't get the opposite. I didn't know Johnson, Johnson was taken off taken all over off, the place. But who knows what she's, you know, she, what vaccine she tried to get. So get your second vaccine. I'm sorry there's a disclaimer. Another stupid thing to put on a vaccine that you have to get. That just shows you they're not trying to do anything harmful because they're too 
If they wanted to put something harmful in you intentionally, they wouldn't put a, a disclaimer on it. <laughs> they're, you know, it just, they're just too dumb. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that down the rabbit said, hole we go. And if that isn't a great uh, reason to go get a vaccine, I don't know what is. All right. So All thank right. you for your call. Um, we, we have Steve back on the line in Ann Arbor, I think. So, Steve, what's your question? Well, I, I didn't catch the whole show. I tuned in a little bit late, but you guys keep referring to the fact that they're not distributing the vaccines very well in Michigan. And I'm not sure where you're getting your information from because I've had now, first of all, I'm a school teacher. So I was, I was way at the front of the line. That's I mean, why I got you were at the front of the line. The people who were at the front of the What's line, that? absolutely. The people that were the front of the line, absolutely did well. Go ahead. Right. But hold on, hold on. So, but I've got a lot of friends that, are you know own their own businesses and whatever and they have nothing to do with school so just uh one of my friends just uh three weeks ago got his second shot he called he made an appointment boom he was in and he just got his he got his uh second shot like three weeks later um i actually got my shot down in the detroit area where i don't know why and funny thing is um my wife had an appointment. I went along with her, and it was late in the day. And I asked them if they had any left over, and they said, yeah. So I got my shot, and then three weeks later, went back, and February 18th got our second shots. So there are shots available. My whole family's been done, and we're not all school teachers, but everybody, everybody I know has had at least one shot, and they're waiting for their second. Well, I think so, that's great. We're happy to hear that you're having a very good experience. So, I mean, I just don't know that everyone's having the same positive experience, experience that true. you are. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that and good for you for getting vaccinated. What's our other question, Siobhan? Yeah, so uh, let's go now to Mark in Royal Oak. Mark, what's your question? Uh, good afternoon. Um, looking at a result I got back from the Cleveland Heart Lab, I have an elevated non-optimal result for an LDL um, cholesterol of a 119 and a non-HDL of a 134. So doing a CAC test, that came back as a 200. Where would you end up going from here? Great question. Good to get back into our wheelhouse, which is... Prevention. Um, so you have been identified as having plaque. And now what I recommend my patients do, which is to go through a process of doing what's called a CIMT. It's a carotid intima media thickness test. It's an ultrasound that we do in our office. I'm going to save the time because we're running out of time for the segment. Um, and it measures the layers of your artery where plaque is, and it's a marker that we can follow over time. You need to, to answer your question, get on a cholesterol medicine. The level of your cholesterol has nothing to do with uh, preventing disease. So even though your cholesterol number isn't horrible, you still need a medication because you have plaque. And then you need a program to make sure that you're felt that what you're doing is working. Um, so great question. And also to get the CIMT, you ought to call Dr. Colander's office at 866-COLANDER because not everybody has the test. And that's a very important test to get the CIMT. Siobhan? Yeah, so let's try and squeeze in our one more caller here. So we have Mark on the line from Clarkston. Mark, what's your question? You have about a minute if you could answer or ask your question quickly. Perfect. I'll be quick. And I really appreciate um, the open um, atmosphere in which you guys are discussing this. I'm a big picture guy. I'm a business owner. I employ hundreds of people. And as a big picture guy, my question is, 
as far as the shot goes, you know, there's a 99.97% chance if I get it, I'll survive. And yet there's all this pressure to, to get this shot. And yet the people have died. 80% are obese and old. What, what, 60 years old and, and in decent shape, why should I get it? And that's, that's my question. Well, because it is a great question. And so, again, listen to Sunday because we talk a lot about this type of thing. You may not know that you've got an underlying condition that causes you to be at risk for an inflammatory response to COVID. So because you just don't know where your health is, you can't make assumptions. Um, Also, a thing that we talk about a lot is that COVID is causing a long-term problem in people who have it. Uh, driven by inflammation. So even though you're not going to die from COVID, supposedly, um, you are at a risk of getting a long-term complication that has nothing to do with the severity of the disease uh, during its acute phase. So the vaccine will protect you from that long-term complication. And everybody tune in Sunday at 3 o'clock where you'll get more explanation. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, so I'd like to quickly thank Dr. Brian Collender, MD, specialist in prevention, for being here tonight, for flying in from Detroit to join us in our Miami studios, and for being willing to share his expertise and knowledge with regards to not only the prevention of disease, but also on the importance of being proactive and engaging with a practice that provides access to the necessary testing. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we hope you got some useful information tonight on how to be your own advocate and take charge of your health, whatever your medical journey. Please continue to tune in to our shows for the latest medical updates. And thanks for listening to News Talk 760 WJR.